0: I don't need help. I'm not in an abusive relationship. This is just how it is for us. It's a lie we tell ourselves, one that many in abusive relationships repeat until they believe it. But there's hope. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship, a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence. This show is about hope. You will hear from survivors of abuse, and their stories may sound familiar. They may even inspire hope. Our goal is to connect with others in these toxic relationships to offer that hope and with supporters of our mission, anyone willing to help get rid of abuse in our culture. We also talk with the experts in the field, from the officers on the front lines of domestic abuse calls to the therapists and advocates helping survivors navigate this complicated road of recovery. If you're in need of help, please visit our website or call our 24/7 hotline, 800-828-2023. And if this is an emergency and you need help immediately, please call 911. Welcome back to I'm Not in an Abusive Relationship. I'm your host for the episode. My name is Dan. And I'm joined today by our Director of Advocacy Services, Deborah Hackworth. Debbie, welcome.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: I always enjoy our time together, I always learn, I always walk away refreshed. So I hope the same is for our listeners. Uh, today, we are talking about a, a conversation that you and I had, and I wanted to ask you about this because of, for so many reasons, but in part, because as we were talking the one day uh, in the conversation that came up of how do you, like, what do you do when you have an abuser in your family? And my thought is, you know, you've been in this work for so long. Your mom was in this work for so long. You've also seen abuse on a very you know personal level. And, and so we start talking about that. And I thought, how, how do you reconcile the fact that you do this work? So then you might see someone in your family who is a, a toxic family member, right? And that's the, the episode title is how to deal with toxic family members. But it came from that point of if you have an abuser in your family, what do you do? So so let's talk a little bit about that, Debbie. When, when you have toxic family members in your family, how do you reconcile that with the work that you do?
1: Well, yeah, it can be um, difficult because you love your family member, and you don't, um, and you want the best for them, and you want to see them be their best. But when they're behaving in an abusive manner, um, you can't excuse that behavior. And um, and oftentimes for family members, when you're close to that person it's even hard for you to admit that that person's behavior is abusive, especially when it's not overtly abusive. Okay. When you see little red flags in that person, um, in their relationship and you, um, but you don't know them personally to be that way, you can excuse those red flags in thinking, well, maybe it's not abusive. Maybe that's just a bad habit. But remember, um, domestic violence is a pattern of abusive behaviors that one person uses against another one in an intimate partner relationship to gain and maintain power and control. So the first thing I would say is um, recognize the signs, learn and recognize the warning signs of abuse. And that way you can decipher what it is that you see. Is this abusive behavior or is this someone just um, behaving badly at that moment? It's important to remember that silence and excuses only encourage those um, harmful acts that they're perpetrating against their partner or children
0: if you see something say something kind of a mentality um and it's and it's it, so what you said kind of peek this in my head you can have bad behavior that doesn't necessarily mean abuse or domestic violence it right. could be bad behavior that if not caught can turn into that is that fair to say
1: exactly exactly there are things that we've just learned in our family that are um not good in relationships. I mean, things that have been passed down from generation to generation. I'm very open about the fact that in my family, we discuss things to death. And sometimes we have spirited exchanges. (laughs) And so you have to look at what is the intention behind that. But when we noticed, um, especially when our family came together to share a home and all of that is under one roof, Mm. We like, mm, this is not good. This is toxic. <laughs> this can destroy our happy home, and so we had to address that behavior. No one was being abused by that behavior, but it's toxic and it can turn abusive, and it's just not healthy for a family.
0: So there's there's layers. There's differences between bad behavior, toxic, uh, true abuse, in mm-hmm. it. And and is it fair to say that sometimes those there's gray area and blurry lines between them and just being able to talk about it and recognize it and work through it might be really helpful.
1: Yeah. Like I said, there are some things that's generational, that's passed down. And so, um, like Dr. Maya Angelou said, when we um, know better, we should do better. Mm. And so as we're learning different things, um, you know, we need to pass that on to our family. Um, But one thing we should um, remember also about domestic violence is um, looking at what the intention is behind that behavior. With our spirited conversations, (laughs) it's oftentimes, um, I want to get my point across. I want you to see my point of view. It's not I'm trying to gain or maintain power and control over you. Mm-hmm. and that's what we need to look at what's what's driving this action and whether it's intended to be abusive or not toxic um, behavior needs to be addressed
0: yeah so intention is important too then I hear you say
1: it's 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 very important, it's very important. And if that person is not trying to be abusive, even though when you confront them about their toxic behavior, they may not receive it well, but someone who is not intending to be abusive will probably sit back and, you know, hmm, let me think about how this is looking and then look to change that behavior. They may even come back to you and say, cause I had a family member say this to me, um, well, Debbie, tell me how to do this differently because this is the only way I know to handle things. Mm-hmm. And then that opens the door to have the um, a conversation about how to be in a healthy relationship.
0: And and I, I love the fact that that person opened that door for you. What if they don't open the door? How can we take what we know as listeners, uh, you all as you know, as the people doing the work? And how can we help to open that door? We. My gut tells me you can't change someone who doesn't want to be changed. Exactly. But how do we open that door to at least begin the conversation? Because if we see something, we need to say something in some way, right?
1: Right. Now, the first thing I said was, number one, Um, we as family members need to learn and understand the warning signs of abuse so that you can help that person identify their unhealthy or abusive actions. So just saying you're being abusive and they say, how, you know, and you're like, I don't know, but that seems abusive to me. That's not really helpful because they're not going, first of all, to ask someone to change their fundamental thinking and the way that they go about things, that's not easy. Mm -hmm. And so, If you're gonna tell somebody that their behaviors um, are appearing to be um, abusive, you need to be able to tell them how um, those behaviors are abusive. So um, know the warning signs of abuse. And then deny any attempts to deflect responsibility. You know that um, on the power and control will, there's a section that said minimize, deny, and blame. And oftentimes um, that abusive tactic is often used. Well, if this person didn't act this way, then I wouldn't act this way. If they mm-hmm. hadn't done this, then I wouldn't do that. What I said to them wasn't so bad. When I pushed her down, I was just kidding. You know, things like that. Or when I punched him, um, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. You know, I'm I'm a woman. I I wasn't really hurting him, but what was your intent? that's toxic behavior. And, and why would you do that? And what was your intentions behind that? But, you know, so when people are um, making excuses for it, that's not the time when you'd be like, oh, well, yeah, I understand why you would be react that way. No, that's right. not the time to okay. empathize with their um, be abusive behavior. Another thing is, if a survivor comes to you and said that they're being abused, believe them. Simple Mm -hmm. as that. Even if it's your favorite uncle who's doing the abusing and his wife comes and say, I'm being abused, believe her. If it's your favorite uncle and your aunt is abusing him, believe him. You know, Mm -hmm. if it's in a same-sex relationship, don't be like, well, um, you know, forget all your judgmental stuff that you have and believe the survivor, um, even if, but especially when it's inconvenient for you, because um, your silence help people deny that abusive behavior is wrong. And it is.
0: Even when it's uncomfortable for you. That's yeah. huge. So how? So let me ask you this. You know, this is something that I've personally have run into. Um, the The idea that we over have are overcorrecting in society and believing victims and condemning "quote unquote" uh, without you know a trial or whatever. You know, there well, there's false accusations. Should we just believe everybody? Like, how do we balance that? Because it happens, of course but how do we balance that right now? If, if someone comes to me and says, and, and you know, y- your favorite uncle is abusing me as their child, their partner, their whomever. Mm-hmm. And, and I just think, well, I mean, he's not that way. You're just, you probably just, you know, what I like, how, how do we balance believing the, the, the survivor, the victim without condemning people? Uh, like, I'm sorry. I, I am twisted around. Do you know what I'm, you know what I'm asking?
1: Yeah, I do. So um, what I want to point out is false reporting rates for domestic violence and sexual assault is low. Mm. It's rare. It's between um, two and 4%, the same as any other violent crime. And so if, um, if your favorite aunt walked in and said, I was mugged or I was um, robbed, you wouldn't say, are you sure? Mm. You know,
0: because
1: I go through that neighborhood all the time and no one's ever mugged or robbed me. And so Mm. it's still about believing them. I mean, um, and I would rather um, err on the side of caution and help a victim who may be lying, help someone who may be lying, than not to help someone who is in serious need of help.
0: So good. And so let's go back to how to deal with, with this, you know, I, I we, we've, we've such a great conversation so far. Debbie. I, again, always learn so much and get inspired from it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's go back to how, if you find yourself in a, in a family situation, someone that you care about and love, they're being toxic, they're being abusive, they're being something. How can we emotionally reconcile that with the person that we thought they were? It's such a hard thing to th- to think through when, when we think someone, we know we're not perfect, but we see them in this light and that gets shattered. Mm-hmm. What do we do?
1: Well, um, first of all, we have to understand that this person is human. Um, their abusive behavior, mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, is coming from a place of brokenness in themselves. And so although that explains the behavior, it doesn't excuse it. Mm-hmm. And um, I can hate the sin, but love the sinner. But that doesn't mean that I can be supportive of that person in how they're acting. So sometimes relationships are um, strained, broken. I have family members that it's hard for me to be around because of their toxic behavior and I love them very much. I mean, I've never stopped loving them. I don't love them any less than I did before. But I cannot stand in support of your behavior. And so that changes our relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still there for their partners. I'm a listening ear. You know, but when, uh, but you that person can't come to me and expect support for their behavior. And if they do come to me, I'm gonna tell them the truth each time about their behavior. And I'm gonna tell them the truth in love. I'm not gonna tell them the truth in a way that beats them over the head. I'm not gonna um, shame. You know, um, Brene Brown talks about it a lot. You know, shaming someone does not change their behavior. It Mm -hmm. will drive them further into their behaviors. And so you gotta find a way to um, address what's right and what's wrong. Stand firm on what you say. And um, and know that you don't have to do this alone. There are um, national hotline numbers and, and DASIS crisis line where you can call and say, okay, this is what I'm going through in my family. Can I get some advice? On how to deal with this, and the thing is, um, I will say when I'm talking to many victims, whether they're family members or not, if they have children, I explain to them how this behavior is affecting their children, mm. um, and I don't and I don't sugarcoat it. I explain to them how toxic um, environments and toxic stress can um, alter the development of their child's brain. These be, you know, sometimes, you know, the behaviors that you're seeing in your children is directly in response to the environment that they live in. Mm. So if you want to see your children's behaviors um, improve, change the environment that they're living in.
0: Mm.
1: It's not easy. It's not easy, but we, we don't want to see um, our loved ones hurt. We don't want to see um, our family members who are being abusive, creating this kind of environment in their life. And they're not even living their best life if they're behaving this way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so um, it's about wanting the best for both the victim and the perpetrator when it's someone um, that you are close to. Hurt people really do hurt people. So where's this hurt coming from? Maybe that person needs to address their hurt and their pain. And it took me a long time. I will say years. And I don't mean um, two years. Many, many, many years (laughs) to understand um, that perpetrators are people who are hurting themselves. Not to know it, but to accept it as the reason why they're behaving the way that they behave. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, string them up. I'm <laughs> in jail. They right. don't deserve any understanding or empathy. But if we're not addressing the issue of the abuser and why they're acting this way, we never really will end domestic violence. Because even if their victim is able to leave that relationship, that abuser will go on to make more victims.
0: Yeah. Your empathy. Amazes me. Thank you for that. And I, and I love that. You know, earlier you said the the way you worded this too was so incredible. The the empathy that you're expressing for those who are who are toxic, who are abusers, who are who are perpetrating. The empathy number one. But then also the way you worded it earlier, your behavior appears abusive. Mm-hmm. You're addressing the behavior and the issue, not them as a human, not 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 their being. Right? You are an abuser. This is a label I'm putting on you. You're terrible. You're not doing that. I'm
1: I'm just going to say, I try (sighs) not to. I've, I've learned this practice. It really does. I mean, I don't think anyone wakes up one day and they're just a good person that has all, that knows the right things to say and the right. So if you've messed up, which I have, and you've said the wrong things, don't give up. When you know better, you do better, right? Uh-huh. And so, um, yeah, address the behavior, not the person. None of us are the sum total of our um, actions. There's so many layers to us. Mm-hmm. And so this person may be um, acting in an abusive matter, but you don't throw that whole person away. You know, um, they may not be. I I wouldn't encourage um, their victim to accept or stay. Something's got to change. And so, and that was the difference with even um, in the state of Michigan, they're um, used to call be called batterers intervention um, of Michigan, and now it's battering. They're they're addressing the behavior.
0: Mm-hmm. You don't throw the whole person away, man. If nothing, if nothing else, that statement right there, back it up. Listen to it again, listeners that alone, I think, because, you know, I can, I can see, okay, I have, I have somebody in my family, you know, I'm, I'm speaking generically here, not me personally. I have someone in my family who is doing these things and they're just, you know, what, I'm just going to cut them off. Never gonna talk to them again. They're terrible. Good luck to them, whatever. Mm-hmm. But in all reality, hurt people, hurt people. It's not an excuse. It's just an explanation. You don't throw the whole person away. Your behavior appears abusive. All these things we have to, and again, we're not perfect. We're You and I, Deb, Deb and Dan are not going to get this right every time. Uh, yeah. But the fact that we can think of those things and have those tools in our toolbox. And then when we need to work through the emotions of it, reach out to somebody and ask for help yourself.
1: And you know, we can practice these kind of um, conversations in our everyday life so that when we're confronted with those things, um, we have them in our toolbox. Mm -hmm. And so I would say right now, you know, here um, in America where it's a very tumultuous time Mm -hmm. and we have um, friends and family who believe and um, say things that we would never
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so instead of saying um, to someone who says something that may be hateful and um, racist, instead of saying you're a racist, you know, hey, that was a racist statement. Let me explain to you why this may not come across, um, why this came across this way. You know, and what was your intentions behind it? Because sometimes you want to know. <laughs> and so what, what, was, what was the thought process behind what you just said? Mm-hmm. And so if we practice this in our day-to-day conversation, in our relationships, just the way that we speak to each other, when we need it for the big conversations, it'll come across so much better.
0: Mm-hmm. Helpful advice. Yeah. I'm taking. I'm gonna take that one to heart. <laughs> I I needed that today. Uh, so good. So yeah, how how to deal with toxic family members? Um, maybe what happens when our family has abusers in it? Great advice. Any any last encouragement, Debbie, or any last advice to to offer listeners? Yeah.
1: Um, like I said, connect with DASIS. Call our eight hundred number eight hundred eight two eight two zero two three. Um get some professional advice on how to deal with these things. Um, and again, don't throw the whole person away, keep in touch with them. Maybe um, agree to be their accountability partner
0: mm-hmm.
1: when it comes to this th- these things, let them know that when they're frustrated, angry, um, feeling um, out of control, that you're someone who they can um, reach out to to talk to to process these things, so that um, so that they don't take those things out on their um, partner or their children, um, and le- and let them know that you love them. You don't love their behavior, but you love them.
0: Thank you so much, Tabby. Director of Advocacy Services at DASIS. You do amazing work. You have great advice, such wisdom, uh, and compassion and empathy. I, again, I just am amazed at that. Thank you for being a part of of our of our show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to I'm Not In an Abusive Relationship. If these stories resonate with you and you need help, please visit our website, D-A-S-A-S-M-I dot org. That's DASISMI dot org. Or call our hotline at 800 828 2023. We are here to walk alongside you. Now, if you know someone who might benefit from our show, please share it. Social media, email, simply telling someone about it all help us spread the word and help us to combat domestic and sexual violence. We also welcome financial and volunteer support. That information is on our website. Thank you to the staff, volunteers, and board of directors at Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services.